Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash Patchwork Heart Ministry today. Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Anne DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And a good Afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening to this, however you're listening to this, welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast, and thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, just so you know, we are uh, not live today on the air. We are actually on vacation, and we're recording this episode um, to uh, fill our vacation gap, so uh, thanks so much for tuning in and being a part of our ministry, uh, even though we're not live uh, with you all uh, today. But uh, as always, I'm joined by my friend Anne DeSantis as my co-host. Uh, welcome, Anne, and how are you? Oh, I'm great. It's so good to be here. It's good and to hello, be everyone. I hope too, all is well <laughs> on this uh, end of June, uh, beginning of July week. That's right. That's right. And uh, it's good to be on vacation right now, isn't it? <laughs> it sure is. I may be sleeping, actually. <laughs> Joking. It's all very good. Anyway, we have wonderful guests joined with us today. Uh, so tell us about them. Yes, they're good friends of mine. They are an awesome couple. Their names are Kathleen and Sean Tobin, and they are the founders of Catholic Beads and More. Now, Catholic is spelled with a K, and if you're on your phone or your laptop, that's going to be Catholic Beads and A-N-D-More.com. So I, I would love it if you could check that out online because they have a beautiful website and it tells their story. And online it says that... It, KB and More is a creation of Kathleen and Sean Tobin, a place where people can turn around their lives through prayer, inspiration, and mercy. So welcome, Kathleen and Sean. Thank hey, you. Good morning, Anne. Good morning, Bill. <laughs> good morning. Yeah, good morning. It's so good to be with you. And uh, it's exciting for our listeners uh, because you have a beautiful story of faith. Uh, and, and I know that there, there is a lot to tell and a lot to share and maybe we don't have a full hour you know to, to just talk about that story about your your beautiful lives together but we would love to hear as much as you have would like to share about uh, about your journey thank you okay great um well we'll give a little family background first um i'm a cradle catholic and sean is an adult convert so um, and we met at the perfect time in our lives and we were both at the same spot in our faith. And, uh, you know, and we just uh, clicked and we've been continuing the journey. We've been married for about uh, almost six years now. And um, we'll go back a little bit more, too. I'll let Sean tell a little bit about his story, about uh, how his, he journeyed to faith, actually, to the Catholic faith. Yeah, I was baptized Catholic and my parents were separated when I was four years old. And I didn't really grow up with any faith at all. So it wasn't part of my life, and I didn't really start going to church until my father had a, he wasn't, actually, when I was four, I didn't see him for about four years, he came back into our lives, and then basically after that, it was sketchy, and then he was gone for a bit again, but then he had a big conversion back to the Catholic faith, because he was raised Catholic, and he wanted us to go to um, CCD class, and basically, that's when I started to read the Bible and it didn't make any sense to me at all. And then unfortunately my family, my mother and my father, um, things didn't work out with that. And then basically my father, I didn't see again until actually probably about nine years later when I was in college. But through all that, there was always these people in my life, my life that were always kind of bringing me the gospel from different you know, denominations, Christian denominations, 
you know, being really nice witnesses of the love of God. And these things, one of my friends, Jeff, when I was like 10 years old, and then just throughout high school and then in college, I had a really good friend that his name is Matt. He was Russian Orthodox and he was just great because he witnessed love and friendship and he wasn't trying to convert me. He just honestly would listen to me and listen to me. And then we would have an open discussion back and forth. And unfortunately, I never learned that lesson very well because of what I came to the faith, I was always trying to convert people instead of actually. <laughs> now it's like 20 years later, almost, I'm finally starting to get where my dear friend Matt back then actually was with me in college. Yeah. Um, you know, he opened me up. And then when I got out of college, um, I basically, someone wrote me a letter talking about the wonderful love of Father God, you know, what Christ did on the cross. When I read that letter, it basically smacked me. I knew it was true. I got these cold chills. And basically, I knew that Jesus was <laughs> real. But I was afraid because I knew what it meant to be a Christian. And I was not a Christian. And I was living in the world. And then long story short, basically... All my friends were Mennonite at that time and basically over a transition. And one of my Mennonite friends, Tim, wanting to go to a Russian Orthodox church to check out the Orthodox faith. That's when I knew that I had to become Catholic because the teachings and everything was so much the same as the Catholic faith. And they were the first two churches. It just made sense because my friends were Mennonite, Charismatic, Baptist brethren you know there was so much disunity for me it was just boom I knew I had to become Catholic I went to RCIA didn't even do a full year and they let me finish it up in like seven months and then I became Catholic in 99 so oh. basically, and then then the story continued incredible <laughs> wow. incredible yeah, it was, it was, yeah, God's really good. I used to make fun of people like me. I never thought that I would believe in God. I never thought that I would have a desire to spread the faith to anyone. You know, just living a normal, standard, worldly life, just doing everything else like everyone else. And, but God just didn't stop chasing after me. How beautiful. Yeah, and then in, in my uh, journey, um, I grew up Catholic and my, um, my dad was in a really bad car accident when I was in college. He was hit by a drunk driver, and he became a quadriplegic. So we grew up Catholic, went to Sunday Mass, you know, and it was just your regular family life, you know. And then when my dad got in the accident, it shook my faith because it was actually Christmas of 88, and he was only 46. And the guy who hit him was drunk and on drugs and everything and basically just drove right through his car at a red light. And, um, and that shook our faith, shook our family. And uh, basically it was like a meaning of life, you know, question like what's the purpose of going to college and, you know, why did all this happen and all these things. And through that, um, that began kind of a longest journey because, you know, you, you kind of have to change your life in a sense. I went to a Catholic university, but um, it, it didn't really, you know, promote in the lifestyle, a Catholic lifestyle, I'll put it that way to be yeah. nice. And, um, you know, so it snapped me out and, and made me kind of think like, whoa, like where, where are we going? Not that I changed drastically at that point in the sense of, you know, so went on to college, my mom made it, my brother and I go back to school and that began the journey though, because when we graduated, when I graduated, actually we went on a pilgrimage to pray for my father to get healed. And, um, and instead of him being healed, actually our whole family was really, oh, we went yeah, it was amazing because uh, it was the perfect time in my life to begin a new chapter because I had just graduated from college. I was just starting my career as a physical therapist. I was just, be, you know, going out into the world. And that was my time. I basically, I remember studying for my PT exams the day we got back from the pilgrimage. And I thought, oh my gosh, like I need to change my whole life. Meaning like even my mindset, like St. Paul says, you know, by the renewal of your mind, which would carry over to my lifestyle but I didn't know how to do that I just come home from college and was just beginning my career and basically and I was basically it was almost like a, a, a yell, you know to the blessed mother but like not even a prayer just a, a giving up to her I don't even know how 
and she ran with it, took me on pilgrimages around the world. And um, through that, basically through the love of travel, God kind of lured me in, if you want to say, kind of hooked me, you know, drew me in this Marian place, this Marian place. I traveled all over the world and learned more and more about a lady, more and more about God, myself, my faith. And then actually that led me to become a religious sister. <laughs> yes. Wow. I know. I, 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 when I hear your journey, it's, it's uh, incredible just to hear how God has led you to where you are now. So I would love for our listeners to hear that story. It was interesting. I was actually praying for a husband. And back in the day, there was a prayer, say Nan, say Nan, find me a good man. <laughs> so, she gave me her grandson. <laughs> and then, now you see I'm married, so she sent me a great husband too. Yeah, but in the interim of the religious life, it was a crazy discernment. It was very difficult uh, because I kept praying, okay, God, send me the right person. Help me to find a husband. Help me to... And then couldn't find the right person. And then I felt it's God calling his vocation. And that's a whole long story in itself that I won't even get into. But mm-hmm. it was a very difficult discernment. I didn't have a spiritual director. couldn't find one. So it's basically like a fish flowering out at sea, not knowing even what direction to go in. Yeah. And it was very, very frustrating. I go back, I just found my journal from back in those days. And I, I looked at it. I thought, oh my, like, I wouldn't want to go back to that torture. You know, because <laughs> Show me your real God. Like, what do you want me to do? And then Sean has a similar thing, too, that he'll tell you about before we got married. And um, finally, at some point, I just knew I had to take the plunge, basically. It's basically, like, spiritually held my nose and just jumped in because you're not going to know if you don't try it. And um, that's a whole other story, too. Amazing experience. However, the order that I entered uh, no longer exists. So that makes a yes. long story very short and gets to the point in that there was a lot of stuff wrong with it. Um, yes. So all the things going on with the church right now, um, which is kind of taking a backseat because of right. COVID, COVID. All, mm-hmm. all the priest difficulties and scandals and all these things. Religious orders. Right. They, they, they haven't gone away, but they're just not talked about now. So. Right. Yes. So that was like a firsthand experience that I basically um, – you know, almost lost my faith, to be honest, because I'm like, Jesus, you know, I gave everything to you and, and I, you know, and you took it all away. Like even my vocation, it's not God's fault, but you feel like it when you're living it because you're just like, you know, I gave up everything, like my career, my family, my country, my language. I lived in Europe, in Italy for like eight years. And it was, it was great in a sense, a lot of wonderful experiences in faith and culture and language um, different jobs. I worked for all different uh, aspects of, of the church and, and things. But um, but then in the end, it's just like, okay, now I left the order at a certain point after discerning. It was the longest sermon of a few years with a great priest and my great bishop at the time. And when I got out, I thought, what, now I got to get it all back? <laughs> you know, which sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. But I thought, like, I just got dumped, you know. But Christopher West, I went to a Theology of the Body course with Sean, this was TOB2 that we took. And he said, a lot of you are, su- are suffering very serious things that are we're in that course at the time. He knew of a lot of different stories. And he said, you know, and uh, many of you may feel like God is punishing you. Like you're suffering now because it's your fault. You deserve it. He said, no, God had faith in you that you would do the right thing. And I just started crying. Mm. I thought, oh, man, like God had faith in me. Like, it wasn't like he was punishing me for, like, all my sins in college. I'll just say, you know, yes, all my yes. bad choices or whatever. <laughs> you know? And then I thought, wow. You know, and, and that made it be, like, acceptable. And then it made it be more than acceptable, actually. It made it be like, wow, God has faith in me, but I have none in myself, you know, because you feel like a failure because you feel like you let God down. A lot of different things that go through your mind, even if it's like an abuse uh, person who's been abused you know they feel like it's their fault that they got abused it's mm-hmm. never the person's fault that got abused the abuser did it because they have a problem and the founders of the order had a, a lot of, of issues and, and the order itself did. so anyway that's a really long aside but I didn't lose mm-hmm. my faith and um when I got out yeah my dad had died I had helped my mom I took a year off from the order sort of lived at home helped my mom and my dad out my dad died in that time and uh, I got out of my order. It was all part of God's plan of how it would un- unroll. But um, 
and then I'll tell you, then we'll leave you to Sean. <laughs> right, so at that Thank time, you, I, <laughs> at that time, no, I was in my 40s, and then one thing that's been pretty clear in my life is that through suffering and difficulties that God like, brought me to a more beautiful, it's always brought me to a more beautiful place. You know, at the moment, it's not really easy, and actually many times I've been very mad and I'm kind of really frustrated with God and <laughs> yelling at him in my apartment before I met Kathleen. Just like, you keep telling me I'm supposed to be married. I'm praying to go out on a date. And like, you always say no. It literally was like, it sounds crazy, but it's true. It was almost about four, four years um, before I met Kathleen. I would, I would pray, oh, can I go out with this woman? Can I do this? And it would be just like a solid no, no, no. And then I'm like, what the heck, God? You keep telling me I want to get, you know, I'm supposed to get married. I tell you I'll be a priest. I'll do whatever <laughs> you want. And you keep saying, no, I can't even date anyone. So I was really mad. I was really, you know, just really not in a good spot, really just torn up inside. And then basically one month before I met Kathleen approximately, I felt led to go on a retreat to the Prince of Peace Monastery in Oceanside, California. You haven't been there? Do it. It's beautiful. Mm, have to ten, check that out. Ten minutes on the beach. Great price, and, <laughs> and it's a beautiful place. Top of the mountain. You have ten minutes from the um, beach. Anyway, I went there and I sat down next to this man who I thought was just a regular Joe, but actually happened to be a priest on his own retreat from Mexico. A mission. I always get it wrong. Missionary of Charity Priest. Mm. I always get it wrong. And so I just laid laid out my whole life story at the moment to him and <laughs> basically said, he said, all the matters, I've done a lot of things with priests. I've been a provincial. I've been there, whatever. He listed all these, you know, different titles. He says, all the matters is each day you get up and you give yourself to God as, a, you know, a suffering offering every day. That's all that mattered. And when he said that, I felt this great peace. And I wasn't, I just felt peace. So basically, within that next month, then a friend of mine, Anthony, is like, oh, I have someone, you know, we're going to try and get together on a double date. Well, that didn't work out. And then, long story short, we finally got together and it was kind of humorous. But, and then pretty much fell in love within a couple of weeks, both of us. And then we were married within a year. And we got married on Mother Teresa's feast day, but it wasn't oh, feast the feast day yeah, yet. Yeah, we did. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, I, I forget about that. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, beautiful. Bill and I are a f- love Mother Teresa. And when we were trying to figure out what our saints would be for the Sewing Hope podcast, we have two saints that we intercede to. One is Blessed Teresa, uh, excuse me, St. Uh, Teresa of Calcutta, Mother Teresa. And the other one is St. John of God. So... It's oh, funny that you brought that up on the Sewing yes. Hope podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, that's amazing. <laughs> but it's but it's so good to hear the twisting and winding story that you both have. Um, I think that's such a beautiful thing because, you know, there are so many people out there that that you know are 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 looking for for God in so many different ways, and 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 they think they've blown it. You know what I mean? Like you know, like you know, like what you said, Kathleen. Like you know, this is. You, you haven't blown it. You haven't blown your life, you know. You, it, I remember seeing a meme on, on the Internet not long ago, uh, something along those lines where it said, you know, uh, if you think you've blown God's plan for the rest of your life, you're not that powerful, you know. <laughs> you're not <laughs> yeah, that powerful. Great. And it's, and it's uh, so true. So I just think it's such a beautiful story. And, and, um, and, and, and clearly God's hands all over it, you know. So that's, that's amazing. <laughs> it really is. And I do have to say and, and tell the listeners too, the way that I met uh, Kathleen and Sean is a lot of the, the listeners know that I'm also the director for a foundation called the St. Raymond Anatas Foundation. We uh, minister to and accompany families in crisis. And I was in New Jersey doing a, uh, an exhibitor table for an event and I walked over because their business is called uh, Catholic Beads and More, which we're going to talk a lot about that, too, during this show. Um, and we got to talking. But the one thing that we both shared and we started sharing, Kathleen and I started sharing stories. And 
we, we both agree that in the church, when we started to share that love is so important in religion. And sometimes you come to a point in your life where you realize uh, and the interactions that you have within the faith don't always reflect that. And it can be very hurtful. And personally, I had shared my own story with you and, and how I, I, I started to understand in dealing with certain situations in my life having to do with the church that uh, things such as, and I hate to say, but narcissism, right, do exist everywhere, even inside the Catholic church and, and, and everywhere in workplaces and neighborhoods and families. And when you're dealing with people who, uh, you know, maybe they are religious, but not specifically uh, have found that peace and love inside their hearts. And then the interactions that we have leave us feeling kind of empty and lost. And that's when we met each other and shared stories and came to realize that uh, re meeting the two of you made me realize the goodness of the church. Mm, and, and I know that we both um, had, had not, not the same story, of course. I mean, I've, I'm married. I've been married for 30 something years, you know, but yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So it'll be 31 years and um, I say 30 something, but 31 years in August to Angelo. Hello. If he's listening, awesome. <laughs> he may be listening while, while we're on vacation. <laughs> but not, yeah. But just, uh, you know, when you realize that in, in the church, that love has to be an ingredient. I often say that religion minus love really equals nothing. I mean, religion has to have love as an ingredient. And I know Bill, you know, you're on board with that too, oh, because often Bill, uh, you say, inspiration first as far as his ministry with patchwork heart uh, and catechesis second now does that mean catechesis isn't as important no it's it's just as important but if you can't love others the way that god loves us then that in, there's the, there, there's the, the prime ingredient is missing right you teach first through your example you know that's right the words that you want so they can cancel it out by your example and then nobody's going to believe it you know <laughs> exactly right oh Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, if you if you cannot you know demonstrate your faith, I mean, you know that's one of the big things. Like you, God, God talks a lot about uh, demonstrating faith. I I know I've said this on the program before, but there was a homily a, a few years ago that stuck out to me that where I was at mass and 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 the priest said, you know, every time, almost almost every time Jesus talks about hell, he associates it with not doing something. You know, you didn't feed yes. me, you didn't clothe me, you didn't do these things. He goes, he very rarely does, I mean, you know, of course it's mentioned, but it's rarely that it's all about sins of commission. He goes, no, 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 every time Jesus mentions in the gospel, it's all about the sins of omission. What didn't you do? Yeah, well, you didn't feed me, you didn't care for me, you didn't show me. So if you can't demonstrate your faith when you get to heaven, you can't demonstrate, okay, this is, you know, this is what I was doing for you, Lord. It's going to be vastly different than than when um, you know uh, you, you're, God is sitting there with a tally, going, "Oh, well, you did this and you did this and you did this." No, it's about what what didn't you do? You know, I think I think we miss that a lot in our in our Catholic faith. We and and in general in society, I think we are all worried about what did the person do versus what they didn't do. And so um, I just think that it's a, a really important thing that we all take some time to reflect on. Um, and so, and so, I mean, yeah, it's just very, very important that we demonstrate our faith and that, and that we have compassion because we don't know where people are on the journey. You know, I mean, you, I mean, your, your winding journey is an example, right? Like even, even in mine and it's like, if, if, if you came to me at, at, at some point in my journey where, where I had experienced something, I, I may have been, you know, five, five billion miles away from the Catholic church and the, and the faith. And, and here I am trying to throw a catechism at you in a Bible verse, and, and all, all I am is turned off by that, you know? Uh, I mean, there's truth in it, don't get me wrong, but but you've got to have the compassion with it. Right, right, exactly. And the thing is, too, like, you know, talking about the priests and the religious and everything, too, and, you know, we, we have a right to expect more from them, in a sense, because yes, they yes. are wearing the habit, usually, or sometimes, but... You know, and if anything, they do have the, the, the ordination or the consecration of their lives and stuff. And, you know, they are given more grace. When I was a sister, I wore a full habit. When I put that habit on, I knew I was putting, represented putting on Christ, you know, and they're, and they see me, they're going to say, you know, sister, they're not going to say my name. They're not going to say, hey, Kathleen, or they said, 
oh, you're a sister. And I remember, so it invoked good or bad things. And I remember even in Italy, like some people treated me really poorly when I had just become a sister. So I, I found it very shocking, but they didn't see me. They didn't know me from anything on the street. They were treating me as they treated Jesus, really. So that's an important thing for them. And Sean and I, um, I'm going to jump a speck ahead, but in our ministry, we pray uh, for priests and religious because priests and religious, every, we're all human beings, you know, yes. and you come yes. in Amen. your character. Your, your life, your previous, you know, growing up, everything, your family background, just like you do in a marriage. But people have a right to expect more, you know, and, and that's the thing, too, is that we need to pray for them because they, they have, their life is completely dedicated to serving God. Whereas people who are married, you know, your, your marriage and your family comes first and everything, too. So, you know, but that scandalized me, excuse me, when I was in that order because I felt like, and, and that's why people another side that get abused by a, a priest or religious you associate them with god because they represent god so not only are you being abused which is the the, the deepest type of violation yes you're abused by somebody who represents god so it's just not just physical psychological it's spiritual and that's why in the order too it was a very deep wound it still is and it's being worked through but you know i was able to see it was almost like coming from a family with divorce but then a whole, you know, slew of things on top of that. It's such a deep wound because it's almost as if it's not almost as if you were wounded by God, you know? So that's, you know, that's why we have to pray so much for priests and religious because people expect more from them because they represent God and yet they're still human beings, you know? So it, it, yes. it's really hard for them. Thank you for explaining that. And, and you, you two just have the, the most beautiful story and when we met and we shared stories, I mean, I felt like we became friends pretty quickly. And, and we share that uh, belief that uh, what does it really mean to be Catholic? And what does it mean to be holy? And, and what I saw in the two of you is that, yes, it's all the doctrines of the faith. Yes, it's all of the, the rules and, and regulations of the faith, but it's love. It really is. And it's what Bill said, too. It's realizing that we need to not just avoid sin. We need to go out there and be good to people and treat people well, like like they matter. Right. Everyone. I know that priests and religious are not therapists or psychologists, but at the same time, I do think I personally think there has to be a better awareness of uh, the way people are treated in the church, whether or not they're psychologists or therapists or not. Um, certain kinds of language has to be used to show people that they matter to, 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 to yeah. God, yeah. you know, no one should ever be hollered or screamed at by any religious right. or priest or anything or a person representative of the church. Right. And that's the humanity part coming out. And that's why yes. it's so important to pray for them because even through our example as lay people, when I was a sister even before too, the lay people inspired me and edified me. For example, my own parents, when my dad was in that car accident and he was hit by the drunk driver, my dad actually met the guy because his parents went to my parents' church. And the guy came to my dad. It was the exaltation of the Holy Cross years ago. And he came up to him, knelt down on the floor, and was crying before him. He said, can you ever forgive me? My dad forgave wow. me. He wrecked his life. And that inspired me to be faithful in my vocation because I thought that's the gospel right there. It he is. And that's the ultimate forgiveness, you know, like, almost like, you know, he just said, don't, just don't do it to anybody else. I've already forgiven you. And I thought, like, who am I to ever not be faithful to my vocation, to not forgive people? For me, the foundress and the order and the church that maybe didn't support us in certain aspects. Mm -hmm. And it is, it's very hard. It's a grace to, to be able to forgive because you can work at it and pray for years. And sometimes, sometimes you just had such anger, almost possibly even hate. I mean, all these terrible things because you feel like they wrecked my life. They hurt me so bad. Like they stole all those, you yes. know, all those terrible things that can come to your mind and it's normal, but it's an act of the will with God's grace giving oh, you. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, well, thank you for saying that because, you know, we, we, we are in a time, I mean, I think the church is trying to um, make, how could I say this? 
knowing what what the, the sexual abuse scandals, they're trying to do their best to move forward with God's help to make reparation for what they did in the past. And um, so, you know, I, I do thank, thank the, the good priests that have done and, and the good bishops and our Holy Father for trying their best to, uh, to try to, to, quote, fix it with God's help. Um, but the, the, only, the only abuse isn't just sexual sometimes. I mean, it can also be emotional and psychological abuse of, of others. Um, but the first step, I think, is awareness, right? We're becoming aware that, you know, this is a problem. And but you're right what you say about forgiveness. Forgiveness is something that we can only do with the Lord. Mm. And he opens up our eyes and says, you know what? It's a new day. So what whatever happened to me in my past or your past, we can move forward and say, if Jesus was able to forgive, you know, so am I. (laughs) So am I with God's help. Exactly. And one priest told me too, he said, What did Jesus say on the cross? He said, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And that made it a little bit easier to work towards that because he said, forgive them, Father. He didn't say, oh, I forgive them. He said, forgive them, Father, so they know not what they do. And that's a step towards healing and forgiveness, too, just following Jesus' example, you know? Yeah. I look at you two almost as living saints, honestly. Maybe you don't want to hear that, but you're just great. <laughs> He's saying she is. That's funny. <laughs> Oh, you two are amazing. Uh, Now, uh, we're having a wonderful discussion, but I know we have so much to talk about regarding what you do, because uh, you have amazing work. And I would invite people listening to please go to that website and go on all the social media platforms. And please check out, it's called Catholic Beads and More. Now, again, it's it's Catholic with a K. And when you go online, it's uh, A-N-D is the and, you know, CatholicBeadsAndMore.com. And let's hear about that because it's not just, like you said, it's not just Catholic Beads. It's part two. <laughs> and we need to hear about that. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Dan. Um, let's see. We started it about three years ago, almost in June. And... Um, I'll let Sean talk a little bit because I've been talking too much. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, it's been quite a journey, and it's not always been easy for us to figure out where God's been taking on, taking us on it, you know. But things keep opening up. But more recently, we've been trying to get to where we thought that God wanted us, which is to encourage people to pray for priests and religious. And we just started to put out. The names of priests from the Archdiocese of Philadelphia every day to ask people to pray for them by name to encourage that because we found when you know all the different conferences we were going to with you trying to get the word out about the ministry basically when we would talk to people we found out that they're really still not praying for priests and religious every day like it was shocking to me I'd be like I'd ask the man in the men's conference 20 of them and basically maybe one would say yeah, I pray for priests every day. But most all the other men would be no. So it just seems like we need to try and do something to encourage it, to make it easier for people to pray for priests and religious. And that's one of the things Mm -hmm. that we just finally got to. And we've always been trying to promote the beauty of the rosary and prayer and the sacramentals, you know, by making... The, the jewelry that you know Kathleen started making, and I actually helped make some too. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> so, um, so but we're trying to develop more, but it's been difficult. But as I finish my schooling and we move forward, we want to you know be in a spot where that we can help people to grow in their faith. We're thinking about, and most likely we'll probably do some at least for me because I have some training and coaching now for my master's in pastoral studies. To start some coaching, faith coaching when we when I finish my degree in August and then to move forward in some other things. But right now the biggest part of the ministry has been to show people that in beauty that it can draw you closer to God through you know our rosary bracelets and all the jewelry that we make. And then also to encourage people that prayer does really make a difference. And we need to pray for, for priests and religious every day and we need to pray for each other every day. Because if we don't, I mean, the one thing that we talk about a lot about for the priests and religious is 
you know, the priests and religious are like the military in our regular culture. They're the one percent or even less of the whole, you know, of the body. And there's so many lay people. If lay people are not mm -hmm. praying for priests and religious every day, just imagine how much grace all those priests and religious mm -hmm. are missing out on. Millions and millions of prayers. Imagine how different priests and religious could be and how different the church would be. Amen. Every single person prayed just once a day for their mm -hmm. priests and religious. I, that's the one thing we really want to keep trying to get out. So pray for us so we can do a better job of it. But. <laughs> oh, I think you do an amazing job because exactly. I'm friends with both of you on social media and you put the photo, you put the photo of the priests right on there with their ordination and, and naming each priest. Mm, and right. I thought, wow, is that great? You know, that you're naming them. Oh, it's just the Lucia Santos prayer group. So if there's anyone out there that's on Facebook, and you'd like to join us in prayer. We have a private prayer group that is Sister Lucia DeSantos prayer group. So you can, you know, go search for that group on Facebook and ask to join. We'll have you come in. We pray for not only the priests and religious, we're also praying for another part of our mission. So the canonization of Sister Lucia DeSantos. Kind of, we're learning as we go about Fatima. We're not Fatima experts. But we're trying to learn about Fatima and help people learn about that as we go along as part of that prayer group. And also just to pray for anyone's intentions that they need, that they listen there. So that's one thing we're trying to do now is the Sister Lucia DeSantis prayer group. I love being a part of that group, too. I know. We see you pop on every now and then. It's nice. Yeah. see really who's pulled there. Yeah, it's, it's not very good. There, right? You see one person. <laughs> oh. We feel like we're just where two or three are gathered. So we got Sean yeah. and I, so we figure, well, God's still there. <laughs> so, yeah, awesome. Your love of God just shines through in all that you do. And um, you're very authentic Catholics. And I mean that. Um, and I think the church needs more people like you and, and uh, you're a good model for myself. So I thank you. Yeah, I mean it. And that rosary. Hey, tell us about the, the rosary that you've been doing. The rosa that we pray every day on the prayer group. Yes. Um, we started that actually. We do it um, every 13th of the month because we started the Sister Lucia Dos Santos prayer group. So you figured, you know, for Fatima, <clears throat> we just started out. And actually, I'll give all the credit to Sean because he's like, we've got to start praying at least once a month. Let's do it on the 13th. And so we have like a little teaching about Fatima. And then we would do the rosary. Um, and then we just did it on the 13th for a while, for maybe... I don't know, six months to a year, six I don't months, remember. Just on the 13th, once a month. And then COVID hit, and then we thought, well, somebody had sent me, because um, we'd been on a Rachel's Vineyard retreat for our miscarriage that we had um, up in uh, Massachusetts at Stockbridge. Stockbridge, Divine Mercy. So we keep mm. in touch with them. They email stuff, and someone from their emails, a whole prayer thing for praying for COVID. It was like, it was from Sister um, Faustina's diary, St. Faustina's diary and everything. So we started praying that we thought, you know what, let's just pray. We just started praying divine mercy every day for, for the for people the yeah, COVID. for COVID and because it was a divine mercy prayer. And then we just threw in the rosary. We thought, well, we pray the rosary together every day. Why don't we just pray and open it up so maybe one other you know, person will pray with us or two or whatever. So then we did divine mercy and the rosary every day. And we've been keeping that up because we do it on our own. So we thought, well, one, I'd open it up for someone who doesn't have anyone to pray with. They just click on and they can pray along with our voices, you know. So, and we just actually have just been continuing it. And now that, you know, things are getting a little bit better, we're still doing it. We just changed the times around and people can click into the video. But it's um, it's been a, a great thing that's come from the whole COVID thing that now we just kind of have it on our prayer group. So we just had it just kind of fell into it. <laughs> and also gone through the uh, agony of being unemployed. So you know, and then trying to work through all those things to do that. So that gave us more opportunity to be able to pray at the three right, o'clock right, hours. Right. So that's why we just did that because it's such a powerful spiritual hour to pray. Most of the time, most people can't because they're working, right. but um, that was also another reason why we thought, okay, let's do that. So that led to the prayer part. All right, and then we added the priest. So it just keeps evolving. You know, like God opens a door, opens another door, it just keeps opening and then eventually we'll, hopefully get on, you know, find out what God really wants of it. And the ministry too is just kind of evolving too. You know, we add on different things like um, 
sometimes I've given a couple of talks at some women's prayer groups, just kind of about my own faith journey and the place that Blessed Mother has. And our, our ministry part, whether it'll be formal or not, but we it's turn it around. You know, one priest told me, take the negative things that have happened in your life and turn them into positive. And that's basically what we try to do with our rosary, with our divine mercy, with the talks we give. I'm writing a book now, which hopefully I'll finally finish it because it's taken me years and I'm just dragging my feet. But I think maybe, maybe I'm just going to read it. Finally, I just send it to somebody to read it over. But um, hopefully you can get that out. And then that'll be a close of a chapter, you know, of, of life and a turning point, you know, to, to, to turn that around too and, and re-begin our, our new ministry now. As a married couple, we teach also marriage prep. Right, that's been a big right. Yeah, so that's really nice too. We love teaching marriage prep uh, for the diocese, Archdiocese of Philadelphia. So that's actually, that kind of brings me back in my mind. I always, because poor Kathleen, you know, was crucified because her, her order was so screwed up and they disbanded it. And there was so much, you know, every type of abuse that went on. In Sorry it. to hear that. Right, so basically, this is where the beauty of God like knows what he's doing and like, because together now we can help form marriages and things that wouldn't have been possible. So it's like when she goes through struggle and still struggles about the agony of not being a sister anymore because she loved it so much. And it wasn't like she didn't want to stay. She wanted to continue to be a sister. But at the time when she was discerning what to do when her order shut down, she went to one order after another, and it was like basically the same thing for me when I was trying to find someone to date. It was like, no, no, no. And then the priest that she was with, that was working on her spiritual direction to help her, you know, helped her see, like, God was like leading you out, leading her out. And that was for our benefit and for people, other people's benefits, right? Because together now we can bring something that neither one of us individually would have ever been able to bring. Because believe me, and when you know Anne, I'm not sure if you're married, Bill, but I am. I, oh, you are. You are okay. I thought I was a pretty decent guy until I got married almost six years ago. <laughs> but when you're married, you really get to see who you really are because yeah. your poor wife, your poor husband, has to put up with all your bad habits and all your brokenness. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's totally crazy that oh. you never had to deal with because you're by yourself. <laughs> Right. Oh my gosh. You know, that's just like, I'm a way better person being married than, you know, when I was single because I had no idea, like, how screwed up I really was. He's a great guy, though. No, but I mean, I, I don't. <laughs> I hope my husband is listening too. <laughs> but there is a growth period, right? There is a growth, uh, exactly. there's a growth exactly. process that you grow together and you learn and you try and. Um, overcome some of that, you know, the uh, maybe just personality idiosyncrasies or whatever they are, you whatever you want to call them, um, you know, and and it's adjusting to, to to living life together versus you know apart, and so um, you know it's it's just like our faith teaches, it's you know becoming one flesh, and so it's you know when you when you're when that that process, that growth process to come together can be can be challenging and painful at times. <laughs> Um, it is, but, yeah. But but it's but it's all good. I mean, it's a good it's a mm -hmm. good thing. And um, you know, you begin you begin learning each other, um, and you begin learning about one another in a different way. Um, and so and so, I think that that's just a beautiful um, way to approach um, life. And, you know, for for us who are married, it's a beautiful way to approach life. Is that you know to 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 die to self a little bit and to and to and to grow and get rid of some of those. Um, idiosyncrasies or those bad habits uh, that you've picked up um, just from living single life for for so very long. So um, you know, living on your own and being out on their own, uh, your own makes a makes a big difference in the world, and and we all cope with it differently. So when we come together um, in that relationship, it's a it's a beautiful thing. So yeah, I I uh, I. I know what you're talking about. I feel the pain <laughs> a little bit, but it's, but it's a good, but it's a, but it's a good pain. So it's all good. That's right. Oh. And I think um, when you share faith with your spouse, it, it, it's a good thing, but I think humor is also good too. I know with my husband and I, I mean, every day, you know, that that's what really makes those days special are the laughs and the smiles and, 
being able to joke around about different things, you know, and now that we have older kids, um, they can joke a lot along with us <laughs> at dinner time and whatever, you know, so that's, that's a fun part. <laughs> and the prayer. I mean, um, I, and, and during the COVID-19, one of the beauties was that, uh, we always pray as a family, but we didn't necessarily pray the rosary every night together. But during COVID-19, uh, we started to pray with the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, that eight o'clock rosary. Yeah, that was so my husband would go down and he would turn it on and say, rosary time, you know, awesome. <laughs> he's still doing it, you know, and, and even if um, now the, the, the Archdiocese is kind of winding that down a little bit, I think they're not doing it every single night after a certain time period, but we're going to still continue. So Great. what a Wonderful. blessing. Yeah. What a blessing. Yeah. Now I want to make sure because, you know, we got about 12 minutes or so left of our program. I'm looking at your website. Now I have to say, I have bought items from Catholic Weeds and more and wonderful gifts. I mean, they have bracelets, yeah, they it's have earrings, website. they have necklaces. I mean, let's hear about that because uh, I just think you have wonderful uh, Catholic gifts. And I know that you are connected with Rachel's Vineyard too, and uh, would love you to Tell us more about the connection with Catholic Beads and More and uh, Rachel's Vineyard. Okay, sure. Um, we started out making, basically, I, I bought a bracelet. It was a rosary bracelet, which I didn't know existed until I we went to Canada to a shrine. And in the gift shop, I found one, fell in love with it. And then I was wearing it and praying with it one Sunday. And then I thought, I bet you can make this because I love making crafts. I just love everything about crafts. So I went to the store, bought the stuff and try to imitate what I was wearing. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is great. And I thought, oh, wait, I love purple. I'm going to make a purple. Well, then that was the beginning of like the crazy, like tons of rosary bracelets. So Sean said, well, you're going to have to start, start a company because you got to sell them. You can't, you know, what are you going to do with all these bracelets? So we started selling them. So we started making rosary bracelets of all different colors, beads and everything so that people could keep their rosary with them on their wrist and it will end up in the washing machine, on the parking lot of the gas station when you get out of your car. So that was great. We loved it. But then that went on to, well, do you make, you know, full regular rosaries? No, we don't. But I said, well, Sean's like, let's try. Then we started making regular rosaries on cords. And then somebody, we tried one, it didn't work on a cord. So we did some on cords. And then we said, what about the links? So then I started making linked rosaries. And then I said, well, wait, now we can make chaplets. So we make rosary bracelets. We make uh, the, the wraparound. We make the stretch rosaries also with a single decket. We make um, full rosaries either on a, a metal cord or we make them with the metal links. Um, and we also started making chaplets. I'm making right now my first St. Joseph chaplet because we just did the consecration to St. Joseph, that one by Father um, oh, Michael Gately. Father Gately. Oh, yeah. 33 Day. Okay, so this one was a St. Joseph consecration and we did it. And I read about a chaplet in there and I thought, that's a great way to follow through with the consecration to him is to pray the chaplet. So then I thought, okay, I'll make one. So I'm waiting for the medals to come in the mail to make that one. And we do St. Michael, the Archangel chaplet. We do um, a bunch of stuff. St. Anthony chaplet. St. Anthony. And we make communion uh, bracelets. Uh, we make also uh, communion rosaries and they went for my sister. So we make custom things too. Um, we love, love the Blessed Mother. So the Miraculous Medal, St. Maximilian says, it's nice. a silver bullet. Yep. So I'll get the miraculous medal on everything I can, earrings, necklaces, rosaries. Actually, I got a rosary bracelet here. It's on the very end of the rosary bracelet. Um, trying to think like any other way that we can get it. So Blessed Mother is like the protection. So that gets out devotion to Our Lady, the Saints. Um, what else do we make? <laughs> Celtic stuff. We love Ireland, so we make a lot of Irish stuff. Um, yeah, so, and we have some books and things too that we kind of we buy and we make them available at conferences, but you know, and holy water bottles too, just to kind of get the uh, teach about sacramentals, um, mm. to teach about the saints, and then if people want to learn more, we have some books available that we buy from other sources that we'll make available for that. So, kind of just keeps growing and growing and growing, and then with our ministry, you know, sometimes I'll give a talk and then Sean will man the table. And then we'll make our stuff available in case people would like to check it out um, and learn more about, you know, the things that we make. You know. Yeah, and then with um, Rachel, Rachel oh, Spanier, we um, basically we went on this gigantic trip to Canada and the Northeast, and on the way back we stopped in at the Vine Merchant Shrine, 
and Kathleen was friends with the rector, um, Father Anthony, and he happened to be there that we actually get to meet him. And basically, but we hadn't met him together. It was the first time that we had at that time. And basically, we were telling him about our life and our story and about how we had a miscarriage. And then he actually ran the Rachel's Vineyard up there at Stockbridge at the Divine Mercy Shrine. And he took us to the, oh, the Shrine of the Holy, Holy Innocent. Innocent. Right. And we're like, I'm thinking in my mind, well, why, you know, why do I even want to go here? And, you know, this isn't even going to be significant for me. But as soon as we walked into the Shrine of the Holy Innocence, which is the shrine for for, for for anyone to go to if they lost their child like in, an any, in, any, in any way, actually, even by accident or anything like that, you can get a plaque put up there, name the child, mostly for unborn and miscarriage and abortion. But, um, well, we walked in and we both just started bawling. Yeah. It just, like, the Holy Spirit just, like, really um, hit us. And he's like, you have to come to a Rachel Finger retreat because that'll help you. We never knew that Rachel's Vengeance retreats were also for men and women or anyone that suffers from any type of pregnancy loss. Right. So that's something we, we try and spread word of mouth. We actually probably have to put on our website to get it mm-hmm. out because it was really helpful for us. We had a lot of healing. We could actually start to talk about our baby, Sean William, that we lost because the retreat is great and also opened our eyes that we try and spread the word to people to pray for men and women that have had abortions because we always pray against abortion, but we never, and I never prayed for 20 years. I never once prayed for men and women that lost their babies to abortion to be healed from it. When we went to that retreat, we saw the direct pain, oh that God. our own pain and the pain of women that had had abortion 20, 30 years ago and that were still struggling horribly in that pain and finally start to get some relief on the retreat. So that's another thing that we try and encourage people to do and actually thinking about it now, probably need to put it on our website and make it more prominent so people can see it because most people just never even thought about it. I never thought about it. And and that's helped us to be able to um, heal in our own hearts from losing Sean Williams and we were blessed to be able to get pregnant because we were in our mid-40s. So that was right. almost a miracle in itself. Right. And from that, we started to support Rachel Vineyard in Stockbridge by giving rosary bracelets to the men and women. Because when we went through, they gave us all these great care packages. Like a care package was awesome. It was amazing. Yeah. So a great feeling at the end. Like, you were so loved. The people were so loving. They made us food and they were just such beautiful people singing and smiling yeah. like and what they do is they try to heal the whole person because a lot of times if you had an abortion um you know you have to self-hate even if you don't even understand it so you sometimes they they end up with you know um, anorexia bulimia eating disorders and things like that but it's a self-hate because they feel like they hate themselves for what they did even if they don't understand what's happening so they try and, and get every sense with eating they give you all these goodies, sugar candies and stuff for breaks. And then they give you delicious meals homemade by people that everyone involved had to have gone through the retreat in order to be a part of it so that they know what it's like to go through it. Even if they didn't lose a baby themselves, it could have been a child um, had an abortion or they themselves may have had a miscarriage or maybe one of their siblings uh, died in miscarriage by abortion, whatever. In some way you had to have had a loss and gone through the retreat and then, um, so when we got that little care package, it was prayer shawls, all these different things, and then a rosary. And then a lady on our retreat said, I love your rosary that you're wearing. And then uh, I said, you know, she said, I want to buy one. And I said, well, no way, because I wanted to give her something. So I gave her the rosary. And then she told us a story about how she had such great peace after the retreat. So we thought, you know what? Let's give something to every person that they could put in their care package. So for every retreat, we, we put one in. They let us know, two men, three women. We put one in especially for each one, and it's part of the little package. Oh, that Very is cool. beautiful. Just beautiful. It's a great thank you for God, you know, to God, really. Exactly, yeah. And then also, because a lot of people don't know, is that if for healing to go to the retreats at Rachel's Vineyard, it could be if you're a grandparent or a cousin. or It doesn't matter. If, if All that matters is that your heart was hurt by that loss. 
So if you want to go, you could go. You know, just so, just so anyone out there, if you're listening, if you're in any pain because one of your family members lost a baby to abortion or miscarriage, you can go to Rachel's Vineyard and get your own healing through the retreat. That's beautiful. It really is. Wow. Um, now, I can't believe it. It's almost time to say goodbye. Uh, Bill, I think you would agree that they'd be great guests to have back again. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to have you back. <laughs> There's yeah, always so much to talk about. Thank you. Aren't they amazing? I was yes. just so excited to have you on. And, you know, of course, you you both were on my other uh, online TV show that I used to do. And now I'm doing something else. Um, in fact, this one's called Journeys in Faith on Fiat Ministry Network, and I think we have you guys scheduled already <laughs> to be a guest on that show. And for those listening, that show is on at 8.30 Eastern time every single Friday night. It's usually a live show. I know with vacations coming up, I have a couple pre-recorded episodes, but um, but you'll be a live show and it's going to be awesome. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's good. It's good. Uh, but no, thank you guys so much for coming on uh, today and talking with us and, and being... Um, and being just genuine in your faith, it's it's so refreshing to have people who are just so genuine and uh, are are open about you know their their lives and and their faith journey. It's been a pleasure, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to have you back and, and have uh, you further discuss stuff with us because it's just beautiful. Yeah, we could talk another hour, two hours, or three hours. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> so let's go on. So thank you again so much, Kathleen and Sean Tobin, inviting everybody again to go to catholicbeadsandmore.com. Connect with them on Facebook at the sites that they mentioned during the show. Again, what was the prayer site again? It's St. Lucia. Oh, Lucia Dos Santos. Sister Lucia Dos Santos prayer group. And remember, prayer changes everything. <laughs> Amen. 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 <laughs> Uh, well, folks, uh, thank you so much for tuning in uh, today uh, to our podcast, uh, Sowing Hope. And uh, we're, we're so blessed that you've been uh, a part of our ministry today, and we hope that you're edified uh, by, by each and every show. And uh, remember that you can connect with us uh, if you have questions about our guests or uh, you just can't remember uh, the websites or anything like that. It's very simple. All you have to do is email us at sowinghope, S-E-W-I-N-G, hope at patchworkheart.org. Uh, you you send us an email there. We'll get back to you, uh, and and uh, be happy to you know answer your questions, uh, prayer requests, anything that you have uh, that you'd like to share with us and our uh, listeners. Uh, we we'd be happy to uh, take that uh, into consideration and, uh, and and get back to you. Um, now the other thing too is uh, really 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 quickly really want to encourage you all to uh, head over to um, our our websites andasantis.com and also patchworkheart.org. Uh, I want to give you a special plug to uh, check out our growing list of premium content on Patreon. It's very easy. All you have to do is hit uh, patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry. We have a great growing um, list of uh, amazing um, you know, Catholic speakers and authors who are coming on to uh, talk about their journeys in faith and uh, whatnot once a month. It's $25 a month to be a part of that Discover Your Mission series. So folks really want you to do that. Um, but as we wrap up today, I just want to uh, thank uh, each and every one of you for tuning in. Uh, thank um, you know Sh Kathleen and Sean for being here and, uh, and talking with us as well. So um, and thank you so much as always for being here. And, uh, and, and who do you have coming up on, um, on your journeys in faith this week? Journeys in Faith this week, we have Sister Nancy Usselman. She is a daughter of St. Paul out in uh, Los Angeles area. So that will be a great show. Tune in this Friday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Bill. And thank you, Kathleen and Sean. Thank yeah. you for Take having care. us. Thank you God so much. You. Nice to meet you, Bill. Take care. <laughs> yes. Take care. All right, folks. Well, until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Art Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2.
Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present Hear Your Faith, a brand new audio subscription service that features a growing collection of uplifting Catholic audio choruses, talks, and other exclusive content to help you grow deeper in your faith and knowledge of Catholicism. Subscribe today at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry.com.